0: Happy solstice, everyone. Dr. Brandy Victory here with the Ultimate Biohack for Women. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited to bring this new speaker to you. His name is Dr. Jack Cruz. He's actually a neurosurgeon, but with the rigors of surgery life, he found himself getting really sick and really overweight. He himself became a patient and came to realize that what the doctors, including himself, were telling patients to do just wasn't working. So he set out on a mission to find the true cause of disease and how to resolve it. You're going to find in this episode that there are so many gems. Dr. Cruz is a wealth of information. You may find that he's speaking a little bit over your head if you're new to this type of conversation, but I'm going to invite you just to hang in there because he ties it all together at the end and you're definitely, throughout the whole conversation, gonna be able to pick up gems, tips, tools, and things that you can implement in your own life right now to begin shifting your health and your well being, to begin optimizing your life in a whole new way. This is a revolutionary approach and a revolutionary perspective. And it's called for in times that we're in now where dis ease processes are so complex. So again, thank you for being here. Enjoy the show. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn themselves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hey sister, are you ready for the new year? Can you believe it? 2022 is almost here, and I hope that you're ex- as excited as I am. I'm just thrilled. <laughs> so and I'm sure you are already making your new year strategies to get a little healthier, probably to lose some weight but what i want you to know sister weight loss is an inside out job excess weight is a symptom of something deeper yeah of course maybe you ate too many cookies or didn't get on the treadmill enough but why do you keep doing that pattern your physical experience of excess weight has an energetic blueprint this is the part that people have trouble getting it's the part that keeps you stuck in the same pattern over and over and over again no matter how hard you try plus there are metabolic imbalances that lead to muffin tops and rolls it's a different way a better way if you ask me to address weight loss that is addressing the energetic blueprint as well as the metabolic imbalances and ladies this does not mean eat less and exercise more and i've seen it in myself and in my practice work time and time again so if this is speaking to you if you're saying you know what that makes a little bit of sense this eating less and exercising more hasn't quite gotten me the results i want and they're certainly not sustainable and If you're interested in trying something new, trying a better way of approaching excess weight, you're going to want to join the New Year, New You 10-Day Weight Loss Reset. It starts January 9th, so it's coming up really soon. And in that 10 days, we're going to have energy clearing exercises so we can shift those energetic blueprints, guided meditations. You'll have a small private Facebook group to connect with other women just like you, You'll have access to me every single day for 10 days in Facebook lives. There's going to be dietary guidelines, toxicity questionnaires, digestion questionnaires, a nutrition analysis graph. And these are graphs that I do with my patients every two to three months to see how they're progressing through care. It gives us a really good picture of what's happening to their organ systems based on their symptoms. This is really important if we're gonna address the metabolic imbalances in the body. You're also gonna get, you're gonna love this, a 30 minute private coaching session with me, plus 20% off any extra sessions that you would like to have. Now, we're offering a special, we're giving 50% off this program until the end of the year, so you've got A few days, (laughs) not long. (laughs) This program is regularly $297, but if you register before the 31st, you're going to get it for $148.50. So go ahead and click the link below. To set up a consult to see if this program is a good fit for you. And as long as we get you in before the end of the year, you're gonna get that 50% off special. You deserve it. You're worth it. Say yes to yourself, and I look forward to seeing you there. Hi, ladies. Thank you for being here. This is Dr. Brandy Victory with the Ultimate Biohack for Women. I am thrilled to bring you a very interesting gentleman today. His name's Dr. Jack Cruz, he's a neurosurgeon, yet so much more. Um, I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I just want to say, Jack, the, the thing that I love about you most, and I know we haven't really had any interactions, but I've been following you for a few years. And the thing that I love about you is that you are a part of this medical model system. And so you understand that really fully and really well. You work with people with brain cancer and neurosurgery and those kinds of things. So you're very inundated into that culture, yet you have such a broad spectrum of well-being and health and health optimization and the ways that we can improve the function of our body and it doesn't necessarily go with the grain of your of your uh of what you've learned you know of what you went to school to do and you have absolutely no problem standing up for this way of being in the world. And I see that you have this uh, saying and it says, I'd rather be someone's wake up call than everyone's cup of tea. And that is just so profound for me. And I just wanna say thank you for that. I'm gonna give you the floor and just take it away from here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I just look at it like this. I mean, I think that idea in biology and in medicine goes all the way back um, to a quote that was similarly made by Gandhi, Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X, where they, all three of them, they were talking in different contexts, but they basically said, if your offenders are doing something bad to you um, and you're complicit in it, it's a problem. But the real big problem is if you stay silent, you're also complicit in the damage. And I look at it being a physician that once you get in to medicine. Most people really don't understand the conundrum of doctors. These days, you get taught a medical curriculum that's based on what big pharma wants you to know. But the problem is the doctors don't know that when they're in medical school, they don't understand how the medical school curriculum is the first algorithm in the system. And everything is looked at from that perspective. And the problem becomes you go through residency, you go through medicine, uh, you come out anywhere from seven to 10 years later, you start taking care of patients yourself because the patients you're taking care of in your residency, it's not kind of the same as it is in your practice. Why? Because the one in your practice, you get to stay for a long period of time. The ones that are in medical school and residency, you see for maybe a week or a month or five weeks before you rotate out and do something different. So when you take care of patients for years on end, for whatever the medical malady is, You begin to realize that some of the things that you were taught in the medical school curriculum, maybe I need to start to question this. And the people that stay in line and decide not to question what they were learned, those are what I call people that have closed minds. And you have to realize there are penalties when you're an allopathic doctor, when you step out of line and begin to question the system. Most of those penalties, and, and, you know, for the lay public, I don't believe they know a lot of this data, uh, is found in medical staff bylaws. Medical staff bylaws are the unwritten rule of how to keep doctors in line via the centralized medical system, which is what healthcare and hospitals are. And if patients knew why doctors have to be careful, it's because their livelihood is at risk. And why is that? When I first started in medicine, everybody was an independent contractor. I own my own business to this very day. I still own my own business. That's how I practice medicine. There's no middleman. Today, um, you know, after I've been doing this 35 years, now 99% of physicians in the United States are actually employees of a hospital system. So what does that mean? It means that there's a hospital administrator or a CEO of an insurance company between me and my patient. So, for example, if I think that um, a certain non anti-inflammatory is the best thing to use for this problem, but the hospital administrator says, no, let's just use aspirin because it's cheaper, and they have no idea that there's a medical contraindication to the aspirin, I have to take time out of my life to go educate the idiot on the other end why that's not the choice. And, and guess what? The problem is that algorithms built into the electronic medical record. So I have to waste my time doing all this. And, and you have to realize this is the problem with centralized medicine. And unfortunately, this happens below the patient's consciousness of what's going on. They don't realize that there's huge uh, trade offs in security and privacy uh, that is occurring between the doctor patient relationship when you're in a centralized system. So about 15, 17 years ago, because I asked the questions when people weren't doing as well with the, the types of surgeries that I was doing, I said, there's got to be another answer. And, you know, I always think back to Einstein's quote that if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it, and you expect a different result, that's called insanity. And I realized right around when I was 40 years old that there was a lot of insanity going on in my specialty, and you know, in, in certain disease diagnoses that I was I was treating, and I said, you know, I've got to look at this differently. In other words, my mind has to be open. So I'd love to tell you that it was altruistic for me, that that was the lead dog that got me to feel that way, but it wasn't. It was actually when I got sick, and when mm-hmm. I got sick, and I became the patient, not the doctor, but the patient, and I tried to fix that problem. That's when I realized, because I was the sausage going into the sausage maker, that I kept getting told the same thing from my primary care doctor that I was taught in medical school. I'm like, hold on, dude, I've already done this. Uh, it didn't work. In fact, he, he asked me, I'll never forget it. He asked me, well, why don't you do this, this and that? I did it. And what happened is I wound up gaining 30 more pounds uh, and getting more sick. And I was like, dude, this is not going to cut it for me. And then uh, I guess what I would call serendipity or Eureka or uh, what I would probably rather term it now, quantum entanglement, happened when I was at a, uh, a medical meeting where I was teaching other neurosurgeons and orthopedic surgeons about minimally invasive spine uh, instruments that I had developed to get people in and out of the hospital the same day, because I felt that them staying in the hospital underneath um, you know, the, the effect of non-native EMF, blue light, was a big problem in terms of them getting better. And I stood up to give the talk and I actually tore my knee meniscus just from standing up. And I'm like, how in hell did this happen? And one of the ladies who was there was the wife of one of the orthopedic surgeons from Florida. And she happened to work for a big biotechnology company. And she goes, look, I know why this happened to you. You're gonna find it very difficult to believe, but it has a lot to do with my job. I'd like to send you a book, six papers. Basically what she was trying to tell me, the long story short here, is that there was a new hormone that they found, uh, Amgen found, called leptin. They did synthetic leptin trials, found that they worked, but they really found out that if you use light and cold, that you could get rid of the usefulness of the drug, and they didn't want anybody to know that. And she was hoping by sending me these papers, that I would kind of out them uh, and make it a big deal. And I took it a totally different way. I was like, wait a minute. If this is fundamentally how we really work, I wonder how many other things that this could work for. So as a true scientist or clinician, I use the scientific method on myself. And when people think self-experimentation, we have names for that now. We call it biohacks or I call it mitohacks uh people think that this is a new thing it's not a new thing there's a book out there i forget who the author is but it's called who goes first and for any of your listeners or readers who want to find it it takes you through all the the firsts in medicine where doctors actually experimented on themselves to see if it it in fact would work and probably the most famous doctor uh recent famous doctor that did that was barry marshall when he won the nobel prize for finding out that actually a, a bacteria helicobacter caused ulcers see when i was in medical school originally we believed that stress from the vagus nerve did it so we used to cut the vagus nerve off the stomach to treat ulcers i saw that in my own medical career and when barry marshall came up with his idea that it was actually you know bacteria this will show you just how serious some physicians get because you'll understand why some people thought he was crazy turns out helicobacter uh, does not. There's not a good um, medical model, animal model for it because uh, monkeys can't get Helicobacter. their their mm-hmm. guts are different than ours. So how did he solve for X? He actually took the helicobacter, swallowed it himself, gave himself the ulcer, and then scoped himself. In other words, <laughs> swallowed the tube himself, did it to prove that this was in fact the cause. Now, obviously, just from your reaction alone, You'd say, this guy's got to be crazy. Well, it turns out, guess what? In that perspective, in that light, in the in the early, and I say the late 80s, early 90s, you would think he was crazy, but it turns out that was the only way for him to solve for X, to find out the truth, to save all these patients from having vagotomies done. And wow. these operations were really, I mean, if you know anything about gut health, this is the number one way to screw your gut up is to cut your vagus nerve in and around your esophagus, your stomach, and your duodenum. Well, Barry Marshall does this. When people see his data, the data blows them away. And that's when they realized, we've been thinking about this all wrong. And he eventually wins the Nobel Prize in 1995 for this discovery. And this is the reason why, when we started this little podcast, you, you asked, if Barry would have stayed silent, would we have ever really found out the truth about vagotomies versus helicobacter? And I'm going to tell you as a surgeon, especially in the the current regime that we're in with hospitals controlling things, they would have had surgeons doing vagotomies because they were highly profitable. There would have been no impetus for them to stop doing them. And I found out the same thing was true about leptin. Why? Because the supplement, industry, the functional medicine industry, the uh, diet pill mill that's out there for fat people Mm. also is the same argument that the vagotomy story is. The problem is it's a little bit different, but often like we say in history, it never repeats itself exactly, but it rhymes. It rhymes a lot. And this story about leptin really reminds me about the story uh, of, of Barry Marshall, so, you have a duty as a physician when you find something new to test it on yourself. So, I tested it on myself. Um, I came up with something called the leptin prescription um, and it worked. And I think I was probably more stunned than anybody else. Uh, and I actually told my family, this was this is going back 15, 17 years now. It was right around this time, it was right at Thanksgiving, where I stood in front of my family. At the time, I was 360 pounds. And I said, next year I'm going to be in my brother in law's jeans. And at the time, my waist, I think, was a 48, his waist was a 34. And I told him that I felt that this lady, who's the physician's wife, clued me into something really big. I think I figured something out. So I did it. And I guess it was over about three to six months, I lost uh, about 100 pounds. Then I added another protocol to this, tied to, you know, Amgen's research on leptin, which was called the cold thermogenesis protocol. Mm -hmm. And totally in 11 months, I lost 133 pounds. So here we are Mm -hmm. 17 years later. um, I've probably out of the 133 pounds, probably put on 33 of those pounds, but I've kept the hundred off for Mm -hmm. 17 years. And I'm currently in my sixth decade. I don't take any medicines. I'm not unhealthy. Uh, could I probably be in better shape? Yeah, but unfortunately, I'm doing, I'm doing things that burn time for my mm-hmm. patients. Probably not ideal for me, but the key metric that I want people to understand is that once you understand fundamentally what what did this whole self experimentation thing teach me it actually taught me that the single most important thing about weight loss is actually not food or exercise. It's actually Mm -hmm. the functioning of your engines in your body, those engines, what do they do? They transform energy to another form. So in other words, it goes from A to B. Most of you probably have a rudimentary understanding of physics, but what physics says the first law of thermodynamics says you can't create or destroy energy. I think everybody knows that. And When you hear doctors talk about mitochondrial medicine or leptin biology, I want to be very accurate here. You're not creating or destroying energy. You're becoming more energy efficient through your mitochondria. That's effectively what the leptin prescription does. In other words, it optimizes the Ferrari engine in your cell so that whether you put good food in or bad food, it doesn't matter, your Ferrari would still go 225 miles an hour. No hold on,
0: hold, on, hold on one second there. So are you saying that you can eat McDonald's every day and still have good mitochondrial function?
1: Well the, the, herein lies the point. I'm glad you brought that up. You made the assumption, the premise that actually McDonald's is food. <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's not because remember it's processed. remember and you have to understand this. I mean you as the 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 interviewer of me have to understand the entire food web is tied to what? photosynthesis. Do you think the food web in food for McDonald's is tied to photosynthesis, or was it created in a warehouse in a lab? Ah. Okay. See, there's for
0: clarification for our listeners What would you consider a, a bad food then?
1: Uh, anything that's not grown under the power of the sun. So if, I'll give you, I'll probably give you the worst example, but it makes the most sense. Uh, you know, in Colorado, marijuana is legalized. Most of the people in, in Colorado grow marijuana inside in um, uh, warehouses under the effect of artificial light. What you may not know is that marijuana doesn't have as much THC in it, that stuff that grows on the volcanoes in Hawaii happens. Well, guess what? The same thing is true of your food. Mm. So if your food is grown in a factory farming situation, like tomatoes on a hydroponics, or some of the things that are done in Florida and California, then you have to ask yourself, just because it looks like a tomato in your hand, When you're in California, you have to say, is this really good? Now, here's the cool part of the story. I look at food as an electromagnetic barcode of photosynthesis, how the sun travels around the earth. And remember, we all are on different parts of the planet. This is the reason why eating a coconut or a a pineapple in Boston on December 31st, just because it's in Whole Foods, doesn't mean it's a food. In fact, I'm going to tell you that that's like eating a Big Mac. OK, Ooh, that's to your mitochondria. That's right, because it's not designed to go there. And you have to understand the reasons for that. Why? Because it turns out that pineapples and coconuts have special problems with hydrogen in those fruits that you can't get at a high latitude. You Get them at a low latitude. This is the reason why they grow there and they don't grow anywhere else. And this this idea about how leptin really works is fundamental because everybody who's listening this knows if they tried to grow a cactus right now in the tundra, they would be wholly unsuccessful. But you know, the interesting thing is when you talk to people about the pineapple and coconut, they get offended by this because they've done it. And see, this points out the big effect of why people really have a problem because we're the only mammal on this planet that has a quantum computer in our head that allows us to break the laws of nature. And it turns out, when it comes to food, the primary law is photosynthesis. There is no food on this planet that doesn't link back to photosynthesis. But guess what? I don't care what doctor you've gone to see, whether it's a chiropractor, a functional medicine doctor, an allopathic doctor, you tell me the last time someone sat you down and told you that, because that's where it begins. And that means even your organic tomato that you bought may not be organic enough for your engines, especially when your engines have already been damaged by modern life. And therein lies the key. That's the reason why pineapples and coconuts actually can be in a healthy food if you live in the wrong latitude. And people don't realize just as a flower, just as a flower will not grow in certain light, uh, in different places, the same thing is true with you. So if you live in Boston, Your eyes and your skin get a quantum signal from the sun. That quantum signal is wirelessly transmitted through the air, through your blood, into every mitochondria in your body. So your mitochondria knows exactly what what it should be expected to get. So when you bring it something that it's not expecting, we have a name for that in physics. That's called chaos. What's the name in medicine? That's a synonym for chaos. Inflammation. And it turns out, what is all inflammation linked to? Turns out it's linked to hydrogen. Everybody knows about hydrogen. They hear the word carbohydrate. They know that the H is the hydrogen part. Well, hydrogen comes in three forms in in, in, uh, planet Earth. Light hydrogen is called protium. Then there's deuterium, which has a neutron added to it. Then there's tritium. Tritium is the radioactive form of hydrogen. It turns out that biology doesn't use the third part. But guess what it does use? The first two. And it turns out all those things that doctors learn in biochemistry, all the fancy steps in glycolysis, where it has all these enzymatic steps, do you know where all those steps come from? It's the sun putting hydrogen on the carbon backbone in the right place. Why? The right place is determined by your engine called the mitochondria. And if that hydrogen is not where it's supposed to be, that's how a pineapple can cause you a problem on December 31st when you live in Boston. Okay? So it's not just the story <clears throat> of processed food. Processed food is bad, but the reason that most people are told that it is bad is wrong. It's because it is not grown under the power of photosynthesis or it's been affected by man-made ingredients that put too much deuterium and not enough hydrogen in it. What does that do? Inside your mitochondria which is um An engine, just like we talked about before, a Ferrari. There's a a part of it, it's called the fifth cytochrome. Most people have heard of it, it's called the ATPase. ATP is the chemical that doctors all learn about. That's the energy um, protein in the body. Well, it turns out ATP can only be made when the FO head of the fifth cytochrome spins 3.4 revolutions. What makes it spin? H plus, light hydrogen deuterium cannot fit in the spin in fact when you put deuterium in it from inside the mitochondrial matrix what do you do you break it in other words your Ferrari engine becomes a Nissan Sentra blowing black smoke, hence the reason why coconuts and pineapples at the winter solstice to no no
0: very interesting and so just to kind of bring this back around to where we started so so i live in the mountains of colorado at 8,500 feet and growing food outside is not an option and so we have an indoor grow we're growing broccoli and basil and brussels sprouts and and, and carrots and all the things And, and yeah of course i'd rather have that under the sun but since I'm eating food that I'm growing under a light, you're saying, if I have this correct, is that as long as my mitochondria are functioning well, then I'll be able to put that food in and still get nourishment from it. Is
1: that true? Correct. correct. And if you want to fact check Dr. Cruz, you'll be able to go out and buy an optical scanner, just like uh, Whole Foods has, just like Walmart has cut the food open and it measures the biophoton content of your food. You know what you're going to find out? Your food at Colorado grown in a greenhouse is an equivalent to the same basil that's grown in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. And when you see that for yourself, you're going to go, wow, maybe what I need to do when I live in Colorado is do exactly what the animals in the park in Colorado do. This time of the year, they're all ketogenic. They're all eating fat and protein. Because yeah. guess what? Nothing grows right. photosynthetically in mid-November. See, that's how you're designed to work. And this is the funny thing about leptin and leptin biology. Hmm. Once you break nature's laws, you're introducing different levels of inflammation into the system. In other words, it's chaos. What happens with chaos turns out leptin controls the physics of the cell, How, how the atomic arrangements occur within your mitochondria. And I don't want to get into all that because it's very complicated stuff, but suffice to say, the ultimate effect is that you cannot transform energy optimally. And the way we measure things like that in medicine, the ideal redox power, which is the battery in your cell, should be right around negative 400 millivolts in, in, in a mitochondria. People, m- meaning all humans, can usually live disease-free between negative 200 and negative 400. Thank God, because nature gave us you know, um, a bowling area in which to live. The problem is when you go below 200, That's when people get different diseases. And it turns out the diseases are like a train uh, train station. They get worse as the number gets lower. So for example, if you continue to eat deuterium-laden foods and you live at the 45th latitude and you did it 24-7 for two or three decades, you're going to have a problem. You're going to have a big problem. And that big problem may turn up to be Hashimoto's or it could turn out to be medullary cancer or your thyroid. And this is the hard part for people to understand. You're saying, doc, are you actually saying that energy production correlates with disease generation? And I would tell you the answer is yes, I do believe that. And the reason I believe that is because the world expert in mitochondrial medicine at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, his name is Dr. Doug Wallace. He's actually proven it and it's published multiple times. He's the person uh, that, uh, that has over the last 50 years has done more of the research in mitochondrial medicine than anybody else on the planet. And it showed once you get your mitochondrial redox battery power up, diseases go away. They don't need medication to go away. You just need to raise your battery power. So ultimately when I do podcasts and I talk about this, the first thing people ask me, doc, how do we do, how do we improve our battery in our body?
0: Yeah. there and you then
1: go. Then that's, that's kind of when, I tell people, okay, now we have to talk a little physics. This is when people's heads begin to hurt, or hurt a little bit because the dominant thing that I was taught in medical school and probably as you were taught in chiropractic school was that everything's about protein, carbohydrates, and fat. It turned out when you go and open on your biochemistry book, you'll notice that there's no input or output that says protein, carbohydrates, and fat. The input to mitochondria is called electron chain transport. What's the output? The output turns out is electrons to oxygen. That's why you have to breathe. And it turns out what spins that head light hydrogen. So then the question becomes, okay, how much do you know about the light hydrogen, which is a proton? How much do you know about electrons? See, because that's not the domain of biology. It's the domain of physics. Mm -hmm. Then you begin to realize, wow, now I understand why God or evolution put leptin in our subcutaneous fat because It's right below our skin, and our skin is designed to be in what? The sun. And how do electrons get powered? Something called the photoelectric effect. You may have heard of that guy, Albert Einstein, 1922, won a Nobel Prize. That's another law of nature, just like photosynthesis is. So you you begin to realize very quickly, going back to my story about Barry Marshall, if Jack didn't have this curiosity to find all this out. Because I told you, I didn't learn this in medical school. I figured it out when I tried to figure out my problem, why I got to be 360 pounds, being a neurosurgeon who was up all night operating in blue light around non-native EMF for two and a half decades of my life. And I began to realize that people get fat because they lose energy. And think about how counterintuitive that is. Because you know what most doctors believe? That people who are fat eat too much and don't exercise enough. That's what they always hear. So this is where I give you the little story to prove that they're wrong. So I know that you, since you live in Colorado, I'm sure you're a mountain biker and a skier. I'm sure that you've had the opportunity to sprain your own ankle, right? When you sprain your ankle, tell me, does it get bigger or smaller? Bigger. Ah, see, that's easy. So something that you get an injury swells, okay, you lost energy. So let's go to something else. When you see a patient and they come in and you're taking sheet and they tell you they have congestive heart failure, that means their heart's failing. Does the heart get bigger or smaller with heart failure? Bigger. Correct. See, now you have heart failure, it's getting bigger. Now let's take it to physics. Let's show you that this isn't just the domain of biology. So that sun that's in the sky, 93 million miles away. It's it's a G-class star it's in its mid life. When it dies, it's going to become a red giant. Does a red giant get bigger or smaller? Bigger. Oh, so guess what? Now you have three things in nature, gets bigger, but yet when a patient comes to see you or a patient comes to see me, we're taught in our training that you eat too much and you don't exercise enough. Turns out they don't have excess energy. They're losing energy to the environment. And guess what happens? Thermodynamically, they get bigger to offset the problem with the engines in their body.
0: Oh my God. So, you know okay. what? Yeah. You know what Let the answer is now? Okay. Okay. The okay. answer is
1: you have to become a mechanic of thermodynamics for the mitochondria. That's what the leptin prescription is all about.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. Thank you for that explanation. I'm curious about a couple of things. One is how would someone know if they're eating deuterium laden food?
1: Well, that one's simple. We know that deuterium is tied to the photosynthetic cycle. So, for example, things that have the lowest levels of deuterium is what I told you earlier. If you live in Colorado at November 15, this is why the, the wild animals there eat nothing but protein and fat, why? Animal products have the lowest levels of deuterium in it. Turns out things that are grown closest to the equator have the highest levels of deuterium in it. And it turns out deuterium content is also linked to the water. So why do we have to talk about that? I'll explain it to you. It's very simple, it's not difficult to understand. Everybody in third grade learn about photosynthesis. CO2 plus water equals sugar. What people forget is that your mitochondria reverses that process. And it turns out that the water from the water cycle on Earth is totally tied to where you are on the planet. So guess what? The closer you get to the poles, the more deuterium depleted you are. Why? Because the sun is less powerful there. Turns out the closer you get to the equator, the more deuterium you can tolerate. Why is that important? Remember I told you before that deuterium is a proton with a neutron, so it has double the atomic mass. What, do you, what did you learn, another law of nature we're going to go to, from Einstein? E equals mc squared. What does that mean? Energy is equivalent to mass. The only difference is the light. So anytime you have more mass, you can't be as energy efficient. So what did nature fundamentally teach me when I jumped down this rabbit hole? I need to limit the amount of deuterium that I'm putting into my bad engines. That's the only way I can fix them. Then the second thing was I said, what fixes the bad engines? turns out there's two change programs in our body that probably people have heard of, but they probably don't understand. Well, that's called autophagy and apoptosis. Autophagy recycles the engine. Apoptosis is saying the engine's so bad, we got to replace it. And it turns out that autophagy is controlled by sleep, fasting, and red light, okay, it turns out apoptosis is controlled by sleep and UV light. Those are the things that control it. And it turns out when you dive deep into those things, that's the reason why vitamin D is a proxy for people that have a problem with apoptosis and sleep. Those people tend to get diseases like cancer. That's why vitamin D is always linked with people who tend to get cancers. Um, It turns out autophagy, is totally tied to a different uh, mechanism, and what happens there? When you optimize people's environments to fix these problems, and you feed them the right amount of food, then eventually, this is going to shock you. Uh, this is the reason why our friend in Jamaica, that won all the gold medals, was able to eat chicken McNuggets while he was changing, while he was training to do it. As counterintuitive as that is for doctors, Usain Bolt who was in phenomenal shape, was optimized, told people that he ate chicken McNuggets when he was in the Olympics. That's not a message that I wanna give to my patients, and I'm sure it's not a message you wanna give to your patients, but it brings the point home that you actually can eat garbage if your engines are perfectly fine. The key is you gotta understand how to get your engines perfectly fine. Well, guess what Usain Bolt did? He lived on Jamaica, at the 19th latitude on top of a volcano where he trained. And guess what? What does that mean? He optimized autophagy and apoptosis. So he was a Ferrari engine. Got it? When a Ferrari comes out of the line in Italy, I don't care if you put 87 gas in or 91 gas. Guess what happens? It still goes 225 miles an hour. You know what the problem is? We weren't taught that in medical school. And the problem is it's the perspective that gets us in trouble. And see, it doesn't matter what your training is whether it's allopathic or functional medicine, the idea is that food and exercise fixes this. Turns out it's not true. What I found with the leptin prescription, that obesity is a, an inflammatory disease of the brain. And it's tied to leptin and leptin is the energy accountant. And the energy accountant tells the brain every night what's going on. And when that signal is disrupted, the brain is like flying by, blind. It's like having a brand new car where the gas gauge is broken. Oh. You have no idea where when to refill. And that's the problem with obesity. And once you fix the engine part, you get the gas gauge back so that you don't have to keep going to the gas station and refill every, you know, 100 miles or 200 miles because you don't want to run out of gas when you need to go somewhere.
0: Okay, got it. So I just want to kind of clarify for our listeners. So what I'm hearing is that from your perspective, disease, be it cancer, be it, I am suspecting autoimmunity, hypothyroid, whatever it is, obesity, obviously, is a problem with the energy factories or the mitochondria in the cell not performing up to par. They're a Nissan engine instead of Ferrari engine. And so the more that we can get these little mitochondria functioning at high performance then the weight the, the excess weight becomes unnecessary. You can drop the weight because it's not there's no reason to have it, or, And then you can heal or resolve the issues that are uh, chronically there or uh, even acutely there, I suppose. Is that is that are we on the right track here? Correct.
1: And and you begin to realize <clears throat> most people who are overweight they when they try the conventional things about exercise and diet they always will come back and say, I've done this. I've done it. It just doesn't work. The reason why is they never got the key message. They didn't change the environment because the environment is what controls those things. It's the reason why your ankles swell. It's the reason why your heart failed. It's the reason why the star got bigger. And you got to remember, it's a thermodynamic answer. And this is the hard part for a lot of people to accept thermodynamics. The study of energy is the key. And that is the domain of physics. And the reason why doctors are impotent to really help people with this they don't know of enough physics and the crazy thing is when i sit down and teach doctors this um all of them know that i'm fundamentally and axiomatically correct about the input to mitochondria everybody knows it's electron chain transport you know what the problem is they don't know how the blueprint works that's what i'm fundamentally teaching people and when you understand the blueprint you start to go wait a minute when you take this back and you do a biohack or a mitohack on a fat person And they, for the first time in their life, go, holy smokes, I can't believe this, that I'm able to do this, and weight's beginning to come off. That's when I sit there and smile and say, you know what? Just goes to show you that when you become a black swan mitochondria, you understand how nature puts you together, guess what? Then the needle moves. Then you become empowered. In other words, what I'm telling you is that every person listening to this podcast has a doctor in their own head. And the problem is they default to people like you or me. What I wanna teach them, listen to the doctor in your head. See, I don't have to teach this to hippos and lions. Why? Because they live as nature tells them. But why do I have to deal with women and men that are overweight? Because they keep breaking the laws that I just mentioned. Equals MC squared, the photoelectric effect and the photosynthetic story. And they do it in such ways Some of them are really big, like eating McDonald's, um, but some of them can be really small when, oh, I'm eating cucumbers, but I live in Toronto. Wrong answer. You're not going to lose weight if you do that.
0: Yeah, got it. Okay, so I want to go back to the autophagy and apoptosis conversation. I love that. I think it's such an important piece. And I was noticing, like, for ladies, the leptin prescription is on Jack's website. You can just go straight to his website. I'll link to it below. Uh, And... And in there, it says, eat breakfast as early as possible. So I'm curious about the intermittent fasting part. Do you do you recommend people stop eating like at two or three so they can get the long-term, the 16-hour fast in? Or do you have something else around that?
1: Well, remember, why do we call it breakfast? Because every day you're supposed to fast. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. When you're supposed to eat dinner, again, this changes. Uh, people like me who live at low latitude, we can I can do different than you do. Oh. The reason why is I always want your last meal to be when the sun's out so for example you live in colorado you're right about 40th 42nd latitude so it's going to get dark for you this time of the year right around 4 4 30. so your dinner should be probably 4 3 30 and it shouldn't be big the biggest meal of the day from a circadian perspective needs to be breakfast next smallest meal lunch the smallest meal dinner Then from there, you fast all the way till you break your fast. When what? The sun rises. You need to see the sunrise because when you read the leptin prescription, you'll notice something. I don't tell you anything about light, water and magnetism. I'm not teaching you any physics when you read it. Yeah. When I do a podcast like this, I'm breaking it down to show you just how much science really is in it. It's unbelievable how much science is in it. But the key is, You have to see the light in the morning because what does the light do? It turns on the timing mechanism in your eye. And if you remember before we did this podcast, your team asked me about questions and most of the questions were about time. And you probably looked at it and said, why is this guy so crazy about time? And it turns out, here's what you need to know. The better your clock works in your body, the more you lose weight. Okay, it turns out the molecular clock, where is it in humans? Supercosmatic nucleus in your eye. Okay? Mm-hmm. And that eye hooks your retina up to your hypothalamus. Guess where that is? Leptin. So what's that pathway? It's called the leptin-melanocortin pathway of the central retinal pathways. It means light through your eye every morning is more important than the food you eat. Why? Because that is the key to the periodicity of the clock timing mechanism. In other words, when you break your fast, light is always recalibrating the clock in your body. What does the clock in your eye control? Controls leptin and controls melatonin. What is melatonin important for? Guess what controls autophagy and apoptosis? Melatonin biology, why? Because it's tied to cortisol. Cortisol and melatonin are the hormonal axis that actually control this, but what controls both of them? Sunlight. We're back to photosynthesis again. Mm. See, and when you see this, you go, no wonder people are making a mistake. So the leptin prescription tells you every morning, not behind a window, not behind any glass, no contacts on, no glasses. You go out and look in the direction of the sun. So what was the things I used to tell people on older podcasts? I want you to make like the Sphinx. Put your feet, your hands on the ground and look to the east every morning, just like the Sphinx. And within 30 minutes, then you can go eat your breakfast. And how you should eat the breakfast obviously is tied to the circadian biology of photosynthesis based where you live. So you in Colorado would be different than me because I'm at the 28th latitude. Now, people who live in uh, the zero latitude or inside the tropics, believe it or not, I'm okay with them eating some, some more carbohydrates than me or you. Why? Because it always grows there. It's not gonna cause them a problem. But this assumes, the big assumption, is that they're going out and getting their skin and eyes in the game. Because if they don't, guess what? You ruin the clock mechanism. And that clock mechanism is the key to fixing your engines, okay? That is the key. Uh, And you need to really understand uh, when you really jump down my rabbit hole, the stuff that I like to talk about when I talk about leptin, leptin is fundamentally a clock, That's what it is. And when you stumble on a time machine like leptin and you learn how to use it, you can become a billionaire or a trillionaire. What do I mean by that? Because you're able to recapture time. When you recapture time, that's called time dilation. You probably heard of that from Einstein. So you as a physician, the way I want you to think about helping your patients from now on when you teach them the things that we're talking about in this podcast, you are actually improving their clock timing mechanism to give them time back. And the last time I checked as a neurosurgeon, people will pay me unbelievable amounts of money if they have a glioblastoma in their head to get six or 12 months left to see their child graduate. People, let me just tell you something, the most valuable asset all of us have is time. And when I actually tell people That time really is the basis of the leptin prescription and the cold thermogenesis protocol. And that I tell them truly that the leptin prescription is a metronome of biologic health. People don't get it. And I explain the way biology works, the way nature works. Nature is a decentralized network, meaning there's no central controller. It works on negative and positive feedback loops. Anybody who gets in between that negative and positive feedback loop ruin it so remember what we talked about before about doctors isn't that the same story when healthcare professionals become employed they get a ceo of a hospital in between me and the patient that is centralized system that's no good okay that's no good we want everything in our life to be decentralized and timing is key to understand this and i'll explain it to you because i think this is going to be the most important thing i'm going to say in this podcast because it's absolutely foundational to both health and wealth. Um, And it's how you need to understand time. The idea of linking circadian biology to biology was mother nature's idea 3.8 billion years ago when there was just bacteria and archaea on earth. Um, And just as good health has to be costly in time, not in energy and information that comes from sunlight, Um, The same thing is true in money. It has to be costly in time, not energy and information. And this is important because all of us are living in a world right now, a country where we have inflation. Inflation is like eating a pineapple on December 31st when you're in Boston. Mm -hmm. When you link biology to information or energy, that's not sufficient to produce scarcity, meaning the scarcity that you asked me about, which was the breakfast. Mm -hmm. That becomes really important because you linked it to timing of seeing the sunrise every single morning. Pareto's principle for black swan mitochondriacs, you will never miss the sunrise any day, the rest of your life after you hear this podcast, if you understand it, you won't do it. If you think this is hocus pocus. Okay. You will not do it. So the key is, Energy or information generation, if you just focus in on diet and exercise, that's kind of like what a bank does when they rehypothecate your money. They just print more money and that creates inflation. Well, that's the same thing when a doctor tells you, well, you got to eat less and exercise more. That doesn't work. It's it's an absolute prescription for disaster. Time, it turns out, and when I talk about biologic time, we're talking about light and dark cycles. There's others like temperature, but I don't want to get too into it. Time is the only thing uh, that we that any system on in anywhere in the cosmos cannot make more of. That's what physics teach us. It's the most scarce asset everywhere in the universe. Not just Earth. Not just Colorado. Not just in Florida. And it turns out, um, in reality, um, it's the ultimate resource for life because it's the most scarce thing we have, and because of this idea. Of scarcity, it turns out that light and dark cycles create entropy. What is entropy? Entropy is randomness. That's another word for chaos. In physics, I already told you that entropy, chaos and inflammation are all synonyms. Okay. So when you're thermodynamically corrupted by bad light in your environment, from any reason at all, whether it's photosynthetic, or you're not seeing the sunrise, it turns out that your biology can't be as hard as it is. The, what you want for your patients and what I want for my patients is we want them to have health span and longevity. That means they're not sick and they stay away from us. That's really what we want for them. And it turns And it turns out that the only way they can get that is they have to completely understand how to create and capture the ultimate resource in the cosmos, which is time. And it turns out, all biologic clocks, whether it's circadian or the ones in front of each one of your genes, the molecular clocks, they're all controlled by light and dark cycles.
2: Mm.
0: Beautiful. Beautiful. I love that. I love that. That is such a huge topic. I've not really thought about time being, I mean, I do personally wake up with the sun without an alarm clock and and I do usually go outside and look at the sun. And, you know, I I do. You know, you
1: just you just said something here that's important. Do you know that fat people won't do that? You know why? Because their clock timing mechanism is off. So what does that tell me about you? That means you're not leptin resistant. So this is important for your audience to hear. Because when I was a neurosurgeon staying up all night operating on people, I didn't wake up. I had to have an alarm clock. Right now, for the last 17 years of my life, I don't need it either. But that's one of the mechanisms that when a patient comes to see me, how do I know they're getting better? That's one of the ways I know that they're doing pretty good. And this whole idea that biology fundamentally is tied to clock management, you know, you talk about like the Denver Broncos uh, and their coach, you know, running clock management for a football team. Turns out while that's important for football, it's also important for your biology that circadian clock mechanism, when it's broken, it's controlled by light. Remember, anything that's controlled by light then gets the the word slapped onto it, quantum, because that's exactly how light travels. It's by packets of energy. I didn't make that up. That was Max Planck and Einstein. And that's why when I talk about stuff like this, we can get deep in the weeds. We haven't got too deep in the weeds with this because I want people to understand that every clock in the world, whether the clock is on Your wrist, the side of your bed, in your eye, or in front of one of your genes on chromosome seven. Okay. What do clocks do? What does physics tell us? They are flow meters for entropy in a system, meaning they're flow meters for chaos. So it turns out when you keep retiming your clock and it gets a good periodicity, meaning it gets more accurate, it's kind of like when you wind your watch up. You know, for those people who are watching this that are older, they'll remember wind up watches. We don't have to do that anymore. But the more complex and and um I should say the more your clock gets reset, the better your health gets. That's true everywhere. Not just the clock we're talking about now, which is the biologic clock. Turns out that new money that's being created right now that people have probably heard of Bitcoin does exactly the same thing. It has a huge timing mechanism tied to it which makes it the hardest form of money that's out there. And it also points out why our dollars that all of us have in our wallet now is such a horrible clock because what's happened since 1971, it's gone down in value because what did we do? We got rid of one of the clock timing mechanisms for money. We got rid of the gold standard. Now it just runs off whatever the Fed wants to do. In other words, the Fed mimics my CEO of the hospital.
0: Ah, He's in between me
1: He's in between me and my money. Well, you have to realize when you put deuterium in between the negative and positive feedback loop of, say, the cortisol melatonin cycle, now you begin to understand why people have bad sleep because their cortisol melatonin cycle are bad. What controls that cycle? Turns out, believe it or not, melatonin everybody thinks is a hormone of darkness. Wrong answer. It's made out of aromatic amino acids. Aromatic amino acids are six carbon structures that absorb light photons. And it turns out the way melatonin works, melatonin is programmed by light in the morning, but it doesn't act until night when it gives its energy up in the brain, 12 to 12 PM at night after four hours of darkness to actually tell leptin what to do. This is a quantum dance and you need to understand that quantum dance. And it turns out in the morning is when our cortisol levels the highest. What does cortisol do? About 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning before the sun's out, cortisol is released from the brain and the adrenal glands. And what does it do? It releases water to stretch out collagen networks. Collagen is kind of like, I call it a 10 system, but collagen expands. And when it expands, it actually is what wakes you up. When you wake up, your cortisol level is the highest and it's due to flows of water from CSF in different parts of your brain that open the system up. That's what wakes you up. When you go out and see the sun, the first thing that happens, cortisol levels begin to drop. So sunlight reduces your cortisol level. What happens if you never go out and see sunlight?
0: Oh, You're right. gonna
1: always have a problem with cortisol.
0: Yeah, and how and many then when you get right up and then they get on their computer, their phone, and their face is in front of that blue light all day it. long.
1: You got it. And that's what happens when they get flatline cortisol because what happens, Over a period of decades, when we check their labs, you'll notice that their cortisol levels on the ground and melatonin is bad too. And then they tell you, well, I can't sleep. And then it's no mystery. The mystery becomes though, a lot of doctors these days, especially with kids, they want to put people on exogenous supplements. And that's a really bad idea because when you give someone an exogenous supplement of something the body makes, you know what that is? That destroys the negative and positive feedback loop. It's a real big problem. And what are you doing? You're actually making it almost impossible for the doctor in your head to fix autophagy and apoptosis when you do that. And what's some of the effects? Thins your retina, out and it can lead to something called AMD, which is acute macular degeneration. So, guess what? Short term, melatonin may help you. Long term, it's the worst thing you can do for yourself.
0: And would you say that's true for all hormonal therapy, like bioidenticals, testosterone? DMK? Yes. Yeah. But well, you
1: know why? Uh, you have to realize I'm. I'm actually. I yeah. have to always qualify this when I do a podcast. Uh, I'm a fan of bioidentical hormones, but I want to tell everybody who uses bioidentical hormones. I don't want you to think they're as good, or I should say as bad as the other ones that your OBGYN or the urologist will give you because they're using synthetic ones. Yeah, Synthetic ones also have bad stuff in it, which is deuterium. And they also have other parts added to it so they can patent it. But here's what you don't get told about bioidentical hormones. They're also not totally protected by photosynthesis. Remember, most of those chemicals that are hormonally based are made out of aromatic amino acids. The reason why you have to know a little bit about aromatic amino acids is that's how the body captures light. It's a pi electron cloud. Remember that photoelectric effect we talked about with Einstein? Turns out that that acts as a photon trap. So all the hormones in your body. All fundamentally, if you look at them, they all have these six carbon rings. Turns out, leptin's got a ton of them. So does melatonin. Melatonin is made out of tryptophan. Tryptophan is an aromatic amino acid. You know what people forget? The first cytochrome in the mitochondria. It's called NAD or NADH. Guess what it's made out of? Nicotinamide is made out of tryptophan. So now you understand why melatonin and why cytochrome one are kind of linked. Why? Because it turns out tryptophan. Is a time crystal that measures where we are going around the sun. It actually is informing your mitochondria in your body of exactly what's happening. What's the other time crystal protein in your body? Methionine. It's another amino, uh, uh, amino acid, not aromatic. Why is methionine a time crystal? It's the only protein in the human body that has one codon from DNA. Anytime you make a new protein, the first The first uh, uh, amino acid that the ribosome puts out is is, uh, methionine. It's the rarest amino acid. That's the reason it happens. turns out tryptophan and methionine are the only two amino acids used by biology that have one codon. Why? Because it's the most accurate way to tell time.
0: Wow, that's so fascinating.
1: I told you this, this whole thing with time and leptin is a big, big deal.
0: It is. It's like blowing my mind right now. I love it, and I, you know, it's fun because I already. I mean, I, you know, I love your philosophy, and and I also love just aligning with nature in every way. And so I, I you know, my job is to teach people to do that, and I I really appreciate it a lot. But then we we bump up against things, right? So, uh-huh. for instance, here our sun goes down now at four thirty five, and uh, you know, if I don't pop out there, or if it's a cloudy day, or we've got snow or something, you know, I may not get sunlight. And I'm just curious your opinion on photobiomodulation in replacement of that and possibly vitamin D. Yeah,
1: I would, well, let's, before I answer that one, I'm, I'm going to pop this bubble. If it's snowing, raining or cloudy, you still wow. go outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: right? sure. I don't For want sure. anybody to think we don't go outside. We go outside. Now you're I right that up. most people don't do that, but I want them to do that. The reason why is because, and this is the, to answer your question, okay. most people don't know that, Let's make it simple. Everybody has seen a rainbow. There are seven colors in visible light. Turns out on the top is red, on the bottom is purple. Red light is infrared A light. That's the light that's in photobiomodulation. From the time the sun rises to the time the sun sets, 43% of sunlight is red light. That's the real reason you wanna go out cloudy or not. It doesn't matter. The red light still gets through the clouds. Got it penetrates it. everything. Why? This is the the most important thing, or well, second most important thing. I already told you the first one. Red light penetrates for one reason, because God and evolution said this version of light has to get through to every mitochondria to get to your red light chromophore proteins. Guess what all of them are? Anything with heme. So it turns out cytochrome one through five all have heme proteins in it. The one that's most famous that you probably have heard of is cytochrome c oxidase, makes nitric oxide, also makes water in your body. That's the reversal of the photosynthetic program. Red light penetrates totally three. So anything like photobomb modulation, I'm a fan of, but here's the caveat. The red light you use has to be a low flicker light. Uh, that's very difficult for most people to get because those lights usually cost a lot. And I'll give you an example. I have a plastic surgeon here uh, locally in town that charges ladies $2,000 for 20 minutes in that version of light. Why? Because it's considered low level laser therapy. Uh, The light that I have, I have a lot of different red lights to use on people. Um, But the biggest one I have uh, is eight by four feet. I also have a bed that I can put you completely in to recapitulate it. I can deliver the light in certain ways to make it more efficient. So for example, when you only come to see me, say for a day or two, I can put five, six, seven days of light in you by changing the frequencies and the rate in which I deliver it. So I'm going to tell you, yes, I'm a big fan of photobiomodulation, but I'm going to tell you that red light is just like your doctor's prescription. Okay. It has effects. And you got, you got to make sure that your doctor knows what those effects are, because if you just go in any red light and thinking you're going to benefit, no, you actually may be harming yourself. So you need to know how to use the red light. Mm -hmm. So that's when I usually direct people to the basic research of uh, of Tina Carew and uh, uh, what's his name? Michael, I'll think of it at some point. He's up at Harvard University, but I'm, I'm blanking on his name now. Anyway, the the doctor needs to really understand that part of it. Why? Because I told you that photobomb modulation is one of the things that improves mitochondrial autophagy. Yeah. That's one of the things that recycles the engine so we get better. Now, the other part of the story uh, with vitamin D, vitamin D is a proxy for how much sunlight you really get. And most people are stunned when I tell them this, but it doesn't matter what latitude you are on the planet, you get the same amount of sunlight. We call that quantum yield in a year at every point on the planet. The problem is not everybody goes out and gets it. So for example, if say in June and July, you're at, the 63rd latitude at Kavik, Alaska. I've been there. It stays light 24-7. Wow. You're not staying out 24-7 because you can't. You got to sleep. Yeah. So this is the reason why I tell people, take a look at Earth. You'll notice that the furthest thing north that's alive is the boreal forest. It ends at the 59th latitude. The boreal forest works by what? Photosynthesis. How does food work? How do you work? same way. So that means you shouldn't live in Cavic Alaska at any time. Got it? That's what biology is telling you because there's no trees that are up there. Life is not designed to live there. So you can see the thermodynamics of the location on the planet really matter to biology. Why? Because what is mother nature telling us? We can't have an accurate clock timing mechanism when the sun never sets. Yeah. Corollary for that is also true when it's December 21st at Kavik, Alaska. It's pitch black for six weeks. So there is no light effect. See, that's the problem. And you know, one of the things that you know most people who have listened to this will know, that's the reason why people at high latitude countries like in Finland and Sweden, Norway, they get seasonal affective disorder. Most people believe that you have to live at high latitude to get it. Can you get that disease if you live at the 28 latitude? Yeah. If you never go outside and see the sun, which guess what? Most people don't do because now the light that we live under is this light that you and I are talking to each other with. It's called Skype. It's called Zoom. It's called your computer or your TV or your phone. Why? That doesn't have the same color temperature as sunlight. There's no rainbows that come out of your computer screen or your iPhone. I know. Remember that. And it turns out that that ruins your clock timing. mechanism. The more time that you look at blue light devices, what does blue light cause in the human body? Destroys your melatonin level. Mm -hmm. It's the fastest way to ruin your sleep. It's the fastest way to destroy your engines. So, you wanna know the real reason that Uncle Jack figured out why he got really fat? Because he was staying up for almost 20 years at night under fake lights, operating on people who shouldn't have been doing things at 11, 12, 1 o'clock. So, I was sacrificing my health because they decided to sacrifice theirs. So I had to make a decision. See, I was taught in medical school that I'm supposed to sacrifice for my patients. Well, I kept doing that, and I got to be 360 pounds. So what I decided to do, I said, if I'm not good enough for myself, am I going to be good enough for my patients? Right. No, because I'll be dead. I'll be like Steve Jobs. Yeah. And guess what? That's when I decided I needed to think about what Einstein said. If I keep doing the same thing over and over again. I've got to look at it differently. And I realized it wasn't the food, wasn't the exercise that was making me fat because I didn't really eat that much to support that weight. And I can tell you, I was getting plenty of exercise. I mean, being a neurosurgeon, you're moving. You're moving all the time. But one of the things that I did do, I was taking almost two weeks of trauma call every night from the time I was 25 to 40 years old. Wow. For 15 solid years. And I can tell you, I thought I was sleeping well. It turned out that I really wasn't when I had test run on myself. I did a polysomnography on myself, just like Barry Marshall stuck the thing down his throat. I decided to look to see truly how my hypothalamus was working because I knew where to look. See, that was the benefit of me being a neurosurgeon because I, I understood how the car is put together. I just didn't understand how the car really worked until I saw it fall apart. It's like that tool song. I think it's called schism that you want to understand something. You have to take it apart and really get it. And I think you've probably figured out from our talk here, that the way most people take it apart, allopathic medicine or functional medicine, ain't the way Dr. Cruz does it. I get to the brass tacks, which is electrons, protons, and photons. That's the level you got to go to, to understand my perspective. So To try to give you a full circle here, I know there's going to be people in the audience that may not believe this, just like people didn't believe Barry Marshall. I'm okay with that, because I know I'm right. And you know why I know I'm right? Because if I'm wrong, it means Einstein's wrong. It means mass equivalence doesn't work. It means photosynthesis is a pipe dream. I love it. Yep,
0: yep. OK, I have one more last question for you, because I know that there is a particular patient that's going to hear this and she's going to come back to me and she's like, yeah, but I can't get in the sunlight. I have skin cancer. And it, and she does. And she, she gets yeah. it pretty easily. I have,
1: I have plenty. I have plenty of people uh, that I take care of that also have had a history of melanoma. So, you know, what you tell that lady, you stop her dead in her tracks and say, why is it in the dermatology literature that everybody who has low vitamin D levels gets skin cancer? And why is it that anybody has a vitamin D level above 60 nanograms per deciliter? Can't get skin cancer if the sun is what causes it. Because I'm going to tell you what causes her cancer. Artificial light. Because what does it do? Destroys your melatonin. When you destroy melatonin, you're much more likely to have low vitamin D levels. And that's where you wind up having the problem. What does melatonin and mitochondrial energy production control? Cell-mediated innate immunity. The same reason she got cancer is the same reason people in New York got COVID. Because it controls the immune system. What's the number one takeout cell for cancer in humans? Cytotoxic T cells. Those T cells have to have high levels of vitamin D to work. Otherwise, it doesn't know what cancer to take out. So it'll start taking out good cells. That's the reason why what's the step before cancer? Well, that's why people get autoimmunity for the same reason. You're getting different cells taken out. That's why I tell you that it's like a train stop as you go. And that lady, she needs to learn how to build her solar callus and use the sun properly. If you don't understand it, what's going to happen is her belief, her belief. I get where she gets it from because her doctors don't understand what I just told you. They don't understand how these things are controlled. And the thing is, if she sat down after listening to this podcast and really did an inventory, like what she needs is a light diet not a food diet. She needs to stop using all the blue light in her life and realize that she got cancer because she has no red light in her life. She has no purple light. She has no UV light. That's the real reason she got it. And I'm not a big fan of people getting their red light or their purple light from artificial sources either. I'll do it. I want them to get sunlight. And the key is you have to teach them. And they, you're, this lady that you're talking about is never going to change because she has the fundamental belief that the doctors put her ahead. The dermatologist told her, well, it's sunlight. I mm-hmm. would tell her right now to prove my point to her. She should go back every day she got diagnosed and had another skin cancer found. Go back and find out from her primary care doctor, did they ever order a vitamin D low? You know what I'll bet she you? Is.
0: She is. She's low vitamin D. She's on high dose vitamin D.
1: Yeah. but well, guess what? Taking vitamin D when you have skin cancer is equivalent to hiring a guy to gym, telling him to do pushups and thinking you're going to benefit.
0: Oh, you can't do it.
1: You can't do it. You're not going to fix the problem. You know why? It's just what I told you before about melatonin. When you take something that your body makes, what did you just do? You uncoupled the negative and positive feedback loops. What's the negative, positive feedback loop that we're interested in with vitamin D? It's cortisol, melatonin. Why? Because melatonin, everybody that has skin cancer or epithelial cancer has lost apoptosis. In other words, they can't take out the bad engines so you're constantly running on the bad engines that's the reason you get cancer and it turns out that uv light is a really important way to do that but when you use artificial sources of uv light you have to have red with it why because again this is a good lesson for everybody to listen to is uv light ever present in nature when red light's not present the answer is no uv light and blue light are the only two lights in the whole spectrum that change as time changes and it turns out you have clock timing mechanisms in your body those are called opsins uv uv light is called neuropsin and the blue light detector is melanopsin melanopsin is predominantly what controls melanocytes in your body that's the reason she got melanoma or whatever skin cancer she gets sure you need to know those links and the problem is when she goes to see her dermatologist i guarantee you her dermatologist never told her what I just told you. And not only that, I will I will absolutely challenge any person that has skin cancer to go find me one paper in the dermatology literature that doesn't show that everybody who has skin cancer has low vitamin D levels, because they do. And then you got to st- say to the dermatologist, Well, wait a minute, we make vitamin D from 312 nanometer light. It's made from a cholesterol ester. So if the sun is toxic, Explain to me, you're, are you trying to tell me that mother nature is a dumb ass? No, we're the dumbass because we don't realize that the light that humans now live under causes the problem and we blame it on the sun. So when you don't go in the sun, you stay in the blue light. Guess what?
0: Yeah.
1: Anytime you go out in the sun, you, you, oh, I, I must've been out in the sun too long. Wrong answer. Man.
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I just love how deep your well goes, Jack. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing all this with us. I'm just wondering if, if there's anything you'd like to leave our listeners with before we close.
1: Yeah, I would, I would just tell you, when you think about how the podcast started and how it ended, what did I tell you? Make sure your mind is open. Be curious. When somebody tells you something that fundamentally makes no sense, like the last lady, we just used an example. If the sun really caused cancer, why is it that my live oak tree right out my window now doesn't have a big, huge brain tumor on? Why is it that all of our plants don't have cancer? Why is it that wild animals never get cancer? You know why? Because they're wild. And guess what? All of you listening to this podcast, I know you don't want to hear it, but you're zoo animals. You've been herded by technology. You're underneath fake lights. You're doing it for your job. You're trading time for money Mm. under the blue light. And you know what? Once you begin to realize that maybe I'm right about this, here's the best news I'm going to tell you. Everything that I told you in this podcast doesn't cost you that much money, does it? Right. I I didn't try to sell you anything. All I'm trying to do is teach you the wisdom that's in my head. And that wisdom is not my wisdom. I borrowed it from mother nature. What did I do? I sat down With all my fancy schmancy training, I learned in medical school and residency, and the failures that I had in my practice to ask better questions that I should have asked earlier, and I never did. So guess what? If you persisted in this podcast for an hour and 20 minutes, and you list your job, if you choose to accept it, is to prove me wrong. I like that, because that's what the scientific method is all about. But I also want you to keep an open mind. When you hear something that sounds absolutely ridiculous. It's the mark of an educated mind. It takes something you fundamentally don't believe and examine it for yourself, then decide. If you think you living in Colorado right now, it's a good idea to get pineapple coconut on November 15th, then I'm not your cup of tea. <laughs>
0: You're right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm totally into, like, I would love to learn how to forage here in the winter. I mean, I do pretty much keto in the winter time here. Just go follow, just
1: go follow a a wolf or a fox. It's pretty simple.
0: That'd be be great. (laughs) That'd
1: be great. Watch what they do. They're going to eat other animals. And that's what you should do
0: because they're all
1: deuterium depleted. You want it? That's when, look, that's when you really, you know, we have a lot of diet crazes. The carnivore diet works for where you are right now. But now. that's not that's not the diet that you probably are built to work with when it turns out to be June twenty first when right. you're at eighty five hundred feet. Why? Because remember, altitude also helps you get vitamin D. You actually have an advantage at your high latitude that some of your other patients don't have. Yeah, and we had, we didn't get into those weeds. Like I said, there's a lot of things to learn about this. The bottom line that I want people to know is that biology really is about the, the organism or the physics of organisms. And I know that that kills people when I tell them that because most people don't know enough about physics. I promise you, you don't have to know as much about physics that I learned. If I can teach it to anybody, I don't have to use all this fancy schmancy stuff. I really don't. I just have to teach you to eat like a great white shark. And then every morning you be like the Sphinx. If you can't remember that, then there's no way I can help
0: <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I think you've done an excellent job. I really appreciate your knowledge and your wisdom and everything you've shared today. Where can our listeners find you? Uh,
1: Dr. Jack Cruz on Instagram, Twitter, on Facebook. I spend probably more time on my Patreon blog. Unfortunately, the Patreon blog is behind a paywall. The reason for that is I have to protect myself from medical boards and people like that, but I don't make it expensive. It's the the cost of a cup of coffee a month. If you don't think what you heard today is worth a cup of coffee, sorry. Um, But I also will tell you, for those who are not readers, they're more visual learners. I started a new uh, program uh, called Quantum Health TV, where Mm -hmm. I actually do videos of different aspects of quantum biology, uh, where I get into the deep weeds. So you can go to Quantum Health TV, sign up. And if you like that, you'll hear some really cool stuff about truly how mitochondria work. Uh, I guarantee you it's not gonna be things like you've heard anywhere else. And yeah, I'm gonna take you down my rabbit hole and you might like it. Especially since it works, right? (laughs) It does.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Ladies, uh, thank you for listening. I look forward to speaking with you next time. Be well and much love. Hey, hey, don't leave yet. Before you go, scroll down to the bottom and reach out so we can chat about getting to the true cause of your weight gain. That is how we address the energetic imbalances as well as the metabolic imbalances and get you to a place where you're feeling fabulous in your body and it's sustainable. The new year new you 10 day weight loss reset begins January 9th and you get 50% off until the end of the year. So there's a few days left, but there's only going to be 10 women in this group. So get in there as soon as you can. So if the other programs haven't worked or you keep gaining the weight back, there needs to be a pattern shift and this happens on an energetic level first. We're here for you. Let's get you going, Mama. I look forward to seeing you in 2022. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in.
2: This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor, and the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.